You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. All right, um, I see. We, we good? Are we ready? A little, little dive in the Word of God a little bit. Can you do that? I don't know. I don't feel it yet. Can you dive into the Word of God? Yes. All right, Dylan, if you could bring that pulpit up, that'd be amazing. Let's go ahead and I want to invite my son Dawson. He's going to pray for us tonight. And so my boy, give Dawson a hand. hand. He's 13 years old. And uh, he's going to be praying for us. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 4. And Dawson, 13, turning 14 years old tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right, why don't you pray for us? Jesus, I thank you so much for this time that we get to spend together, Jesus. This time where we get to worship you, Jesus. Where we get to hear from your word, Jesus. Where we get to hear amazing speakers, Jesus. And where we're able to grow close to you, Jesus. I pray that when we leave this place, Jesus, I pray that even as Peter and John were bold, Jesus, that we would be that bold, Jesus. That people would be able to see us, Jesus, and know that we have been with Jesus because we are bold to our churches, Jesus. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I told him when he was 14 or 15, he would grow taller than me, but it happened when he was 13. I've been depressed. Um, anybody ever been to Africa? You've been to Africa? Um, I got to go to Africa with Jared Anderson and his son Everett and my boy Dawson and um, Turn me up as loud as you can right now. Just, yeah, just turn it up. I'm going to compete with those cheerleaders. I'm going to dominate them. Mm. 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 Come on, turn it up more, Stefan. Just bam. I mean, knock these guys. Here we go. These cheerleaders, I want them to just feel the presence of the Lord. No, just kidding. All right, so. Uh, ha, all right, we got to get started here. I went to Africa, and uh, it, was, it was awesome. We, um, Jared and I went, and we had our boys with us, and. And Dawson and Everett were 10 years old, and it was just amazing. We were on the Zambezi River, just outside of Zimbabwe, and, and we're like on the Zambezi River, and all of a sudden there's like hippopotamuses, like, I mean, it's, it's more than just like songs. There's like hippos really exist, and we were on this boat, and I'll be honest with you, as I was asking our tour guide about hippopotamuses, I got a little scared about or that situation, like, wow, this is, this is a bit of an adventure. Like, this is kind of fun. Like, these hippos could hurt us. And we got in a little bus, and we were driving this bus, and all of a sudden, our driver halted. He stopped, and our driver, who was a local, was a little freaked out. <laughs> and he was freaked out because there was wild elephants right by the road, everybody, just boom. And so we're just right there, just in Africa, elephants, and he's just waiting to go by because it wasn't safe. And there's that moment where you're sitting there and you're a little bit freaked out going, this is scary, but the other side of you is going, this is awesome. And, and so we're looking at our sons and we're going, guys, elephants, get off the iPad for just a moment. Put it away, elephants. This is awesome. They could kill us. Yeah. 
this is living. Hey, here in Africa. Woo. I just remember it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was fun. It was, it was one of the most fun trips of my life. And months later, I was with my family back in Colorado Springs. And we decided to go to uh, the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Yeah. And we're in the zoo. <laughs> and, and it's okay. It's all right. Except for that there's this part of the zoo that's called Experience Africa. And you're in there, and when you're in Experience Africa, there's no hippos. Every kind of animal that's representing Africa is behind a cage. And the animals are just a little bit different when they're fed by workers. There's just not quite the same dynamic as when you're scared to death right next to a live elephant. And, and, and you're not, like when we're there in Africa, we're eating this feast where we're eating warthog. Yeah. And it was good. <laughs> Most of you are like, you can eat that? I thought that was just Pumbaa on Lion King. No, it, we're eating warthog, but in the experience Africa portion of the shop, Zoo in Colorado Springs, you can't eat warthog. You're just eating like nachos or pretzels or something from the concession stand. And I just kind of had this moment where I was thinking like, you know, there's a remnant, there's a similarity to Africa. But I was looking at my kids going, you're not experiencing Africa. This isn't Africa. Guys, this is kind of nice. This is kind of cute. Imagine if I were to look at my daughter Olivia and say, hey Olivia, you want to go with me to Africa? Let's go. Let's go see the hippos on the Zambezi River. Let's go and drive along the road in Zimbabwe and have elephants running by and let's go do Africa. We're going to eat warthog. It's going to be amazing. And Olivia looks back at me and says, daddy, I'm just fine. I've already experienced Africa. I'm not going. What do you mean? I've eaten nachos and seen the animals behind the cages. I, and it says, experience Africa, the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. I'm content. I've already been there, done that. That didn't happen, but... Imagine what goes on inside of me. It's like this, no, no. You have not experienced Africa. You may have the language of Africa. You may have a couple animals that are behind cages. But trust me, you have not experienced Africa. And there'd be a little resolve inside of me to try to compare the difference between what you experience at the zoo versus what Africa is really like. One of my problems with our scenario with Christianity is I think a lot of times we've got some of the language of Christianity. We've grown up in an environment where there's some of the trappings that look familiar to what we read about in the scripture. And so we'll use some of the same words and we'll have some environments where God is talked about. But all too often, I think there's a part of us that goes, oh yeah, Christianity tried it, been there, experienced it. And I just think that if we were to talk to the Apostle Paul, 
or Peter and John. And we heard me like, I just got issues. I just got issues with it's too boring and, and I just don't feel like I can understand. I've already experienced Christianity and I'm a little bit, I'm just a little bit bored. I'm just a little bit not understanding. I think that there might be this response of guys who walked with them. I mean, when you picture Peter and John and these guys listened to him, walked with him, saw miracles. Then he was crucified on a cross. He rose from the dead. That would be amazing. Wait, Jesus, who we walked with, just rose from the dead. And now he's hanging out with us. He's walking through walls. He ascends into heaven. And he gives us a commission to go and wait on the Holy Spirit. We go wait on the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden now we are preaching. We are declaring. And people are giving their lives to follow Jesus by the thousands. And so much so that everybody's freaked out. So they throw us in prison. And then they let us out of prison. We go back to preaching. And if you were to look at them and you were to say, well, I'm a little bit bored with Christianity because at my youth group, I just don't feel like we... Like, I think there would be a disconnect. I think that when we say, I've been there, done that, I don't think the issue is with Christianity. I think the issue is with us. I think that if we were able to taste and see that he was good, if we were able to encounter God and experience God and what he has available for you, he would go, actually, the zoo is boring compared to the real thing. And my prayer for you is that at Bold Conference, there would be just a taste, just a little bit, just a moment. And it's not the lights, and it's because they rotate. And it's not the walls, because there's cheerleaders over there. And it's not the bands, and it's not the speakers. And it's, it's, it's not Kansas City. It's this. You took a few days to come and say, God, I'm going to push everything else aside. I'm going to wait before you. And you have this power encounter with God where all of a sudden... All of the religious language does not compare to the experience and the encounter that you have with God. And so all of a sudden, you're not having all of these conversations about how Christianity is dull and boring. Instead, like Peter and John, you are in a real vital relationship where you know God and you have a calling from God and actually fulfilling the call of God on your life is far more epic rewarding than some sort of broken, casual, off-brand of experience Africa or experience Christianity. You don't know. If you're bored, it's not because God's boring. If you're bored, it's because you don't know what God has for you. If you feel like it's dry and dull, I'm telling you, there's good news for you. The gospel of Jesus Christ is far better than you could fathom. And I'm just telling you that boring Christianity, like, I'm not talking like everything is exciting all the time. You look at Peter and John and they go through some good days and some bad days, right? some good moments where, hey, Jesus rose from the dead. What's up? Yeah, good day. Mm. 
Jesus ascended into heaven. That's good. That's amazing. Wow. Hey, preach the gospel. Woohoo! Thousands get saved. Awesome. Hey, you're going to prison for your faith. Ah. Hey, you're out. Sweet. You're going back. No. Hey, you're going to die for the gospel. Hey, you're going to be exiled on the island of Patmos. Whoa. I'm not talking about circumstance. I'm talking about something worth living for. I'm talking about that there are people that know and walk with Jesus and have experienced him to such a degree. They're like, following Jesus with everything is the only way I want to live. When I was, um, when I was a teenager, I, I remember sitting at my youth group a little bored. Can I say that? I mean, I, I know that I shouldn't say that because I, I, I'm a Christian and I'm a pastor's kid, but I just remember sitting in the youth group and it was like another round of Chubby Bunny. It was like another round of popping balloons with your butt. And we had the same guy that would come in and kind of give us some kind of talk. And we didn't have like worship like what we're doing here tonight. We didn't sing like that. We... We kind of had to just kind of sing silly songs. I don't remember all of them, but I mean, so they were like, I got the joy, joy, joy. And it just, and I just, I got to be honest with you, I, 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 we, were, we were doing like Valentine's Day uh, dates. Like the idea was on Valentine's Day, you, you get a date and we're going to keep the kids out of the school dances and we're going we're gonna to have our own like banquet, which meant... I had to ask someone to go to me, with me to the banquet, and all the girls were taller than me, so that's always a hard scenario when you're in junior high. And I just remember even the lock-ins, like, hey, let's, let's stay up all night. And there was just kind of this, this culture that was, honestly, I was, I was bored with it. But God got a hold of my heart as a junior high kid, and I really was excited about Jesus, but I was bored with that environment. But my heart started to come alive because I went to this school and, and God began to work at my school and, and I began to love my enemies and I began to start prayer meetings every day and I began to see my school as a mission field and all of a sudden God started to do some stuff and I started to get around some people that were of, of a bunch of different churches and, and, and we'd pray together every single day for our school and all of a sudden, man, I could feel some mission and, and there were some people that were kind of making fun of us but I was alive with it. Like I, I just remember kids started to get saved and, and we started to figure out, okay, what would happen if, if instead of just kind of pulling back and hanging out at church and playing chubby bunny what if we became intentional and tried to make it hard to go to hell from this junior high and so we started to invade different clubs like we were like hey if you invade that that speech club they get to make the announcements over the intercom every day so me and another guy we joined that club with the intention to try to get over the intercom we got over the intercom it became our week and instead of just doing silliness like everybody else we started to play christian music 
music over. And then I said, uh, here's the quote for the day, public junior high. A wise man once said, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no, live, no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in mine. And all of a sudden, there's like rumblings going on at the school. Like, what's going on? With, and, I, and inside of me, people are mad and some people are happy. And, and some of the teachers are writing articles. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this is better than Chubby Bunny over in the youth house. And my buddy, he was like, hey, I got an idea. You and me, let's buy t-shirts with Jesus' face on them. And then we're going to go and in every single yearbook picture, we're going to stand at the front with a big old picture of Jesus. It said one by one, W-O-N by O-N-E, one. One by one, Jesus. And we're just like, in all the yearbook pictures, like, bam, Jesus picture, da-da-da. Just like, bam. And just like, we're going to, and our goal was we're going to get Jesus in every single club in the school. <laughs> And people were like, y'all are weird. And we're like, what's up? And I just remember gathering to pray with these guys. And my friends started to learn how to play the guitar. And we'd sing worship songs. And, and all of a sudden, there's something about Christianity that was vital and real. And we were praying in the morning. And we were committed to reaching our school by day. And we started doing this, this Tuesday night Bible study. We called it. Tuesday night Bible study. And we began to just pray for miracles. And we started to see God work. And I just remember junior high just being like, now this, this, this is something I, this is, this, this has some of the, the, the essence, the core of what I think, I think it would look like to be a 14 year old following Jesus in this city in this school, and I just, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I look back at that season of my life, and I really, if I'm honest, I didn't really love youth group, but I meant I loved, I deeply loved what was going on in my school. It was something that didn't feel like I was reading one story about Peter and John's experiences and about following Jesus and living something that was just kind of an off-brand weird. It was... It wasn't the zoo. I tasted a little bit of Africa. I tasted a little bit. 200 and some odd kids started coming to pray every single morning. And every single morning, and I just, this little, this little revival started. And I just, I just, I, I remember when I went off to college, when I, when I got up to college, <laughs> I just remember being a part of a Christian school. And it was all right. Most of the people that I hung out with, like my circle friends, and I'm not kind of trying to shame everybody, I'm not, but my little circle, my little group of friends, freshman year of college, were mostly trying to just do pranks and be silly. Like when it came to Christianity, there wasn't enthusiasm. We all went to a Christian school, and every single one of us say we were Christian, and all of us like went to chapel, except many of them paid money to not have to attend chapel. And I just remember hanging out with this group of guys. It had a Christian label over it. It was a Christian school. They were all Christian kids. But it tasted like the zoo to me. It just, we had all the language, but none of the reality. We had some of the culture, but not Christ. It just wasn't in our mix. Like, I mean, I just, I just, I was 18 and I just, I was just bored. Like, we're going to really, they're going to stay up late to do pranks like I'm I'm I, don't, I, don't, this, I was bored with it 
But I found this group of people, and, and, and honestly, they were older than me. And I was 19, one of them was 29, and the other one was 39. And, <laughs> and I liked them because I'd go over to their prayer meetings, and they were talking about revival in America. And they challenged me to do a 40-day fast. And they were like, let's cry out to God for a move of God. Let's, 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 they started to talk about, like, let's, let's, let's dream about moves of God among young people in cities across America. And let's, let's, just, let's just believe God for a great awakening. Let's believe God. And, and, they be, and, and, and I went to their prayer meetings, and it was intense. Because we had done prayer meetings, but our prayer meetings were like little acoustic guitar. And then we were all in a circle, and we'd all take turns praying. But I went to their prayer meetings, you know. And they're like on their faces like this, like, God! And I'm like, whoa, these guys are either weird or awesome. I'm not sure. But there was something that tasted like Africa. Like there was something that was real. There was something that wasn't fake. It wasn't just this cute, like, like, like off-brand weird, use all the labels, but no reality. It was like, we, we, we want... We want real, bold encounter. It, like it's not fake, it's real. And I just remember, man, I, I, and I honestly, I just, I spent my college years being a part of that ministry. Like I, I, like, I, just, I just checked out. I, just, I left the school I was at. And I was like, I'm out. Peace, y'all enjoy pranks and skipping chapel. I'm going to go pray with the weirdos for revival. And I'm just telling you that as you, as you, as you, as you kind of leave here, as you go do the Jesus thing, I see so many different options, like a buffet of options for you. And my prayer for you is that you would pursue the real thing. My, my, my hope is that those of you that are tempted to give up on Christianity because it just seems like it's just, there's language and there's some, some goodness. And the, everything I described, I mean, lock-ins and popping balloons with your butt and pranks for grown-ups, like all that, there's nothing wrong with it. But for me to have this Christian label on it compared to when I found these people that to me I sensed had a, a, a little bit of spiritual vitality like, like, they, had, like they had been with Jesus and, it, and, and they had a hunger to want to be with Jesus more and, and the mission of Jesus was their mission and it just kind of got all up in me. It's kind of got like that's just, that's the real thing. Like I, like I want that and my, my hope is, is that tonight there would be this growing kind of hope inside of you to be a part of what's real. Something that's not fake. Something that's not, I don't know, I'm trying not to use words that would be offensive. But that's not just cutesy, churchy. I love church. I pastor a church, actually. And I, I'm for church. If it's the real thing. If somehow, somehow over the course of time or generations, it's not just a tradition in a building and a group of people that just kind of do some stuff where there's a whole lot of activity, 
but you can't, you, you can't, you can't feel that, the reality, the epicness of, like I think it's got to be a little bit like the Africa experience where you're a little bit, I'm having the time of my life and I'm scared to death. Because Jesus is calling me to more. Because Jesus will always, Jesus is going to say, hey, I want you to pray for people to be healed. And Jesus is going to, the moment that you start to get comfortable, he's going to call you to something else. You're going to be like, good God, I just want to stay comfortable. And he's like, no, I'm the comforter. The moment you get comfortable, you no longer have the comforter. Like, Because ah! there's just this incredible awesomeness of being around what's real. I was reading in Acts, this is why my boy Dawson prayed it. He was looking at my notes on the drive-in today. Acts chapter 4. And it's really interesting to me in verse 13, where the world finds out. The world sees a characteristic that causes them to marvel. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, is Peter and John. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, here it is, they marveled. Can you say marvel? No, that wasn't good. Marveled? Let's try to get more. Like, maybe just kind of bring out the M a little longer. Like, marveled. Yeah, like, I don't want you to leave here and forget the word marveled. Like, let's get that in there. Say marveled. marveled. Okay, so here's the question. What caused them to marvel? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they, they had been with Jesus. Peter and John and the... Peter and John possessed something that caused people to marvel. There's something about Peter and John that caused the world to go, wow, huh? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I, I've just seen it. I've just watched some kids that got into the presence of God, encountered Jesus, like really encountered God, and went out and left with supernatural boldness and made an impact. And my prayer is that that would happen for you. My prayer is that you would so be with him today at this event, but every day that you would get alone with him and that you would know him and that the fruit of being with Jesus would be supernatural boldness in your life. And when you get that, the world starts to go, huh? And some of them like it and some of them hate it. But they're marveling. Huh. If nobody's looking at your life going, huh, you're probably not bold. If you're just, nobody's like, huh. huh. Some people come after you. Some people want to follow you. I remember this kitty. Encounter God at a conference. I had this moment where I was like, I want you guys just to ask God for a strategy on how to reach your school. Like, let's just believe that the Holy Spirit speaks and let's just ask. Dan was talking about that today. And so he is 15 years old, starts praying, sends me an email. He says, David, I'd like you to come 
come to my school. I set up an event at my school. and He told me the story. He'd gone back to his school, gathered with his friends, and he said, hey, uh, if we'll pray, God will speak. And so I believe that God wants us to reach our school. Let's start to pray and ask God for a strategy. So they started to pray at a cafeteria table every morning before school, like five of them. And then they felt, they, they felt like the Holy Spirit gave them a strategy. This is so cute, 15 years old. Yeah, I say cute, whatever. And so, so, so they, they went and they bought white t-shirts at Walmart, all five of them. They just, all, they have five t-shirts and they just wrote on the t-shirt, it's coming. <laughs> and then once a week they started to wear that white t-shirt to school. And people would be like, what's coming? And they wouldn't tell them. They're like, you'll see. And then they'd wear it again the next week. It's coming. People are like, what's coming? And I'm like, you'll see. And then after three or four weeks of it's coming, they wrote in a little bit more and they wrote the date. It's coming. And they put the date. What is it? You'll see. And they started to build this anticipation in their public high school about something that was coming. And three weeks after that, they put the word the assembly. And it was like, Five months out. And so then they would wear that white t-shirt one day a week. And everybody wanted to know what on earth it was. And it was just the assembly is coming at the school in the gymnasium. At a, on like a, it was like a Monday night in early May. He calls me. He's like, hey, I'd like you to come out to my high school in May. I said... What's, what's the plan? He told me the plan. He said, well, here we've got, we've been, we've been putting this on the t-shirts. And, um, and we told everybody that it's a concert. And I said, oh, okay. And um, he goes, but here's our strategy. Um, we're going to trick them. <laughs> I was like, and this is the Lord? He was like, no, we're, here's the thing. We're, it's gonna, there's going to be a secular concert. We have some friends um, in our school, and they're all in a band. And we're going to... Um, we're going to have them play and then, um, and then we want you to just walk up and preach the gospel and I was like okay so we're going we're gonna to trick them into coming and then I'm going to just walk up out of nowhere and just start talking about Jesus and he was like yeah that's the plan I just remember being like and either you're crazy or God's crazy or I'm crazy like this sounds terrible like this is going to be awful so I flew out there and I landed. He picked me up at the airport, as his parents did, because he was 15, which was the cutest thing in the world. And I, he told me this. Yeah, <laughs> makes me want to cry. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> so. Sorry. So he tells me this, and <laughs> we uh. We're driving there, and he says, man, I'm really concerned. Um, there's a Christian concert in town, and, and now I'm afraid that, you know, the kids won't come. And, and, and there's, like, a, like, the Baptist church down the road. And so when we planned this six months ago, you know, we didn't know that that was going to happen, but now it is, and now I'm nervous, and the kids aren't going to come. So I was feeling for them because they, they had got a sound system, and they were at the, at the gym in their school. And, and uh, so anyway, we're, we're sitting in the gym, and... Um, I'm just hoping that 30 or 40 kids come, you know, maybe. And then, <laughs> and then we look out and like, I mean, people just keep coming and coming and coming. 
And then like bleachers are full. And I look at him and I'm just like, okay, they're here. And he's like baffled. He's like, my whole school is here. He's like, this is my whole school. And I'm like, I'm like, what's the band going to do? And he's like, oh, they're up. And this band walks up. I've never heard music like this before in my life. I have no idea what they said. It just was like, and like they're flipping their hair back and forth. And it's like, God, where am I? And then it all sounded the same to me. And then he was like, this is the last song. I was like, what? There's been multiple songs? I just. He's like, you're up. And I was like, wait a minute, aren't you going to like introduce me? And he's like, no, they don't know who you are. I was like, yeah, but that's the point. Like you could tell him like, you know me from a Christian youth conference. And he was like, they don't care. And I was like, oh, all right. And so he's sitting there, he's 15 years old, sitting there on the front row of the bleachers. I walk to this, I mean, I'm, I've flown into this school, I don't, uh, into this town, this school, I don't know Andy, I don't even know where I am. And I just said, I mean, to this day, I didn't introduce myself, I just went, hey everybody, <laughs> there is a God. <laughs> and I just started, I just... I just did John 3, 16. I just went straight after it. And then I said, if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, there's no like pretty worship music. There's no like cool Jared Anderson up here like comparing God to social media. And it's nothing like that. It's just like raw me by myself with no band. I made them sit down. It's just. <laughs> and it's just quiet. Like no one comes forward. And I'm like, God, just Enoch, just get me out of here right now. Just shoot me up. <laughs> and then a couple kids start to trickle down and stand right in front of me. And I'm like, yes, yes, okay. All right. Thank God. What's up, buddy? I'll buy you a gift card later, you know, like. About 10 more, 20 more, 50 more, half the crowd came forward. <laughs> There's something in the heart of this 15 year old kid that's willing to risk his reputation. I think he spent his parents' money to fly me out there to see a move of God. Sophomore, believing, risking. And he stepped out of a dead, fake little lock-in church experience. And he said, I got a vision. If, if God is real and he speaks, I'm going to wait on him. And I'm going to hear his voice. And I'm going to step out in faith. And I'm going to believe. And if what he's called me to is to be bold, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to take a risk. And here's, here's the reality. When you 
Ask God for boldness. It's a prayer that's not about you, it's for others. And when you tap into others, where you care about others' salvation, you tap right into the heart of God. You want the presence of God? You want to get on God's, you want to get God's favor on your life? Start to care what he cares about. And your world says, care about me. Mm, I'm number one. Mm. Hey, look at me, how many likes, how much, just attention on me. But your, your God, he, he cares that every single one of his sons and daughters come to repentance. And you are his bold witness. You are his bold voice to be in their lives. And the, the vehicle that he has chosen to use is you. And you want to start to experience and know God's favor? You just, you start to become a bold witness. You start to verbally proclaim. You start to be someone that talks about who Jesus is and you start to see your friends come to know Jesus and you'll watch. You will step out of the zoo and into the real thing. You will step into this, oh my goodness, I got people that reject me. I got people that are wanting me to lead them. I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm a leader of these people and I need God. And now I got to raise money for an assembly to bring out some guy from Colorado. To, I mean, it's just weird things, but you're following, you're making a difference. I believe there's some of you here tonight that are bored to death, and you should be, with some kind of fake zoo Christianity. Boring Christianity is miserable. Bold Christianity is worth dying for. And if you get it. What's crazy is when we read this in the early church, this is what they were about. Like this is early church talk. This is right here when we see the early church forming in the book of Acts. It's real. It's not, it's not fake events where we just try to just be a subculture thing. It's like I know him. I walk with him. I saw him feed the 5,000. I watched him heal the blind man. I saw him, I saw him walk on water. He's, he's real, didn't he? Then he died on the cross and he, he rose from the dead. He's walking through the wall. I saw him. He came, he talked to me and he looked at me and he, 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 he talked to me and I saw him ascend into heaven and oh, we were filled with the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire began to fall around. And, and, and now, I mean, we're just, we're seeing people healed and I've got something to say. And if you've got a real relationship with God where you start to take a risk and step out of what's comfortable, you'll watch. You'll start to step into the real thing. You'll start to, you'll start to experience some of God's favor. You'll start to, you, you get bold, you get bold proclaiming God. You watch. God's favor starts to come on you. Here's the reality. When we read about the early church, the very first prayer of the early church was not, Father, keep us comfortable, keep us safe. We pray for traveling mercies. Put a hedge of protection as we go from town to town. Here's the first prayer of the early church. And this is the prayer that I pray gets inside of you tonight. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. <laughs> Wait a minute. Early church, John and Peter, they're just getting out of prison. And here's their prayer. Mm, make me more bold. Ah, 
What? Are you crazy? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I have just seen Jesus ascend into heaven after raising from the dead. I have watched him do... He is, he is the God of the universe. I, whoo, I got something real worth living for. Man, you can throw me in prison. Yeah, I don't, what I, here's what I want. What I want is boldness. When you start to get that, God, make me bold. God, make me bold. God, make me bold. It's, it's a rare prayer because most of our prayers are for ourselves. Make me bold, make me bold. Why? Because I care so much about what you care about. And what you care about is making disciples. You care about those people coming to know Jesus the way that I know you. And I know you so well. And we walk so close. <laughs> I'm, looking at I'm, trying to, I'm trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So I care about them coming to know you. And the only way that we'll see the world reach is by bold Christianity. It, 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 the, the way that we read the scriptures is you are the heralders. You are the witnesses. There's no other plan B. It is Christians proclaiming Jesus. Oh, no. I just don't want to do that, though. I'm too scared. How do you get boldness? All right. Look at this. The next verse, verse 31. And when they had prayed, what? And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Ah. There's a recipe for boldness in Acts 4 as well. And when they had prayed. <laughs> boldness isn't my personality. Ha <laughs> ha. And when they had prayed, yeah, David, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not talking about personality. I'm talking about you getting before God and you living with a conviction. I'm not talking that you scream. I'm not talking that you're loud. I'm talking that you don't cower. I'm talking that you are fearless. I'm talking about that there's a conviction inside of you that is so firm and so strong and so real that you make choices and decisions out of an overflow of a real relationship instead of something that's just kind of cutesy and fake. And you get that inside of you, and I'm telling you, people start to go, what's with her? What's with him? It's called boldness. And if you will start to get on your face in prayer, if you'll do what the early church did, where they gathered together and prayed, you watch. That'll happen for you. When, when they had prayed, what happens? First step, let's get together and let's pray. And when they had prayed, all right, so we're doing that. Then what happens? The place where they were meeting was shaken. God intervenes. You may or may not have a room shake, but you'll have God start to do stuff. Asking to receive, seeking to find, knocking on the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks, receives. All who seek, find. Everyone who knocks the door will be open. There will be increased God activity for the people that pray. They became filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? God at work inside of you. And they began to speak the word of God boldly. <laughs> How do you get boldness? Get on your face before God. And something will start to grow. Something resilient. You'll start to actually experience a desire 
to be a witness, to be bold. And the crazy, the cra- I mean, think about this. When we read this experience, when we read Paul, they're always asking others, hey, pray for me. Pray that I would be bold. Paul says it. Hey, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me that I might boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul, you want other people to pray that you be bold? You're the one that's being persecuted for your faith. You're the one that's going into cities and proclaiming. You're the one who is dragged out of Lystra and left for dead, stoned, and got up and went back in. Yeah, yeah, I want to be bolder. What? Yeah, I want to be more bold. Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, pray for me. Paul, you're already like about to die all the time, shipwrecked, beaten with rods. Yeah, I want to be more bold. I'm telling you, it's the prayer of the early church. What happens, it's the prayer of today's church. You and me. God, make me bold. God, God, have your way. I want to invite you to consider going back to wherever you came from and build a prayer movement like you. And you'll, it's the first step. You will start to see some real Christianity flow out of you doing Acts 4.31 where you gather people together and start to pray. They gather together and they start to pray. Looks different in each state that's represented. Looks different at each school that's, different, that's represented. Looks different based upon your church. But I want to invite you to have that tenacity that says, I'm going to pull some people together and we're going to pray. We're going to cry out to God. For me in junior high, man, it was in a wood shop. Teacher that had the wood shop room, he let us get in there and pray. That was, <laughs> that was the place where we started to be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with some boldness. And all these stories started to come out as we'd get there, in there every day and, and pray. Cry out to God. High school English teacher let us get in her room and we just go in there. We just crowd to God every morning, all through high school. Stories. One of my favorite things to do is tell stories and stories and stories and stories of God's work. <laughs> each, each, when, when I was a pastor in Colorado, I led prayer meetings. We had a multi-million dollar prayer facility. It was awesome. Way better than the woodshop room. Now, man, we got portable prayer meetings. It's like, it's a ton of work. We set it all up, tear it all down, but here's the point. Whatever it takes, let's get together and cry out to God. Let's pray. Let's believe. Here's the last idea was this. If you'll do that, you'll start to experience God going, all right, I'll give you my presence, my strength. When you're bold like that, we don't, we, we, the truth is we're scared. We don't, we want everybody to like us, you know. I just want to be liked. I just, I, so, so I don't want to be bold. But it's actually when you step out into that, that you'll start to see God go, I'm with you. It's a great commission. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. For surely I am with you. Hey, you want to no, he is with me. I am seeing him do stuff in my life. Go out and step out of your comfort zone and make it about making disciples of other people. You'll be like, oh, oh. And it's not just like all the, all the prayers are about me and my little subculture and 
We, don't, we, got, we, got a little, we got a little Jesus language going on, but we don't have any of his presence or his power. But you start to step out in boldness. He goes, mm, they care about what I care about. Oh, I'm going to do miracles. Oh, I'm going to shake the place. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out. They're going to experience me at work. Quite a few years ago, when my daughter Adeline was real small, she's like five, and uh, Renata and I lost her at a parade. Uh, we were, they, all the kids were riding bicycles and the kids were in the front. Renata and I were walking behind and all of a sudden we looked up and, you know, you got, you got people on both sides of the streets. And we, we, couldn't, we couldn't see Adeline and, and I, it's that moment, you know, if the parents just freak out. And, you know, if you lose your kid at like... I don't know, McDonald's, it's, it's not as scary as when you lose at a parade. We're like, there's just people everywhere. And I, I, it's, it's the most freaked out I've ever been in my life. And so Renata and I split up. And <laughs> 30 seconds goes by and 60 seconds goes by and I'm running. It's July 3rd, it's hot. And I'm freaking out, I can't find her, it's been two minutes. So I asked this kid for his bike. <laughs> and here's one of the pastors at the church in town riding a kid's bike with all the kids, like freaking out, screaming. Addie. Addie. Trying to find her. It was kind of crazy because um, there's a lot of people from our church that were there. And, and, then, and I, was, I was trying to rally people to help me find my kid. And I'll just never forget, I'll just never forget, like the people that just were like, oh, hope you find her. <laughs> Not as much love in my heart for, for them as for the ones who left their cooler, left their families, left and freaked out with me and said, we're going to find her. <laughs> and there's this one lady. And she freaked out with me. And I was like, I can't even remember your name, but I love you. She's calling the police. She's freaking out. Where'd she go? And she's running around. Addie, 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 Addie. Where? She's freaking out. I'm, I'm biking as fast as I can, trying to find her. Finally find Addie. She's off in the distance. She's riding her bike towards me. And I'm riding my bike towards her and I run and hug her. She's not even crying. She didn't even know she was lost. But here's what went on inside of me. That lady that wanted to help me find my kid, I, what, what do you want? You want money? What do you want? I, I could never thank you enough. You gave up what was comfortable to help me find my lost kid. I like you. I, what, what, what can I, you want my car? Here, you want this kid's bike I just stole? Like, I, thank you. You have a father. He's got some kids at your school. And your temptation is just like, let the parade go by. Hey. 
I'm comfortable. I got friends. I don't want to step out of what's comfortable. I don't want to, I don't want to lead the prayer meeting. I don't want to fast. I don't want, I don't want to risk being bold and have people reject me. No, I want to be liked on Instagram. I want to be liked at school. I want to have cool clothes. And I'm not about, no. If I step out and be bold, it's not comfortable. But you step out and be bold. And here's what starts to happen. Your father goes, oh, what do you want? Surely I am with you. Like I think, I think the, I, you want to experience the with God dynamic to a greater level, be about what he's about. And he's about a great multitude that no one can count from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Knowing him. And you've got a brief moment on that campus to be not about yourself, but be about them. And we see it all through the Bible. Anytime someone is just like, I, I'm, I'm step out. It's not about me. Everybody is bowing down to the idol, but I refuse to bow, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm going to be bold. And they say, throw them into the furnace. Not comfortable. Except for all of a sudden, there's a fourth man in the fire. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. You, st- you be bold. You-, you be about me instead of about your comfort-, comfort. You be about what I'm about. You watch. You'll find supernatural strength. The comforter will bring comfort to the ones who refuse to make comfort their idol. <laughs> and you'll start to experience a God movement. You'll start to go on. Wait a minute. This is awesome. This is scary. This is hard. This is awesome. Those, those elephants can kill me. But I'm living. This is what I was made for. At least I'm not living this kind of fake, weird, got some Christian labels, but I got no Christ in the midst of it. I'm telling you, you were made for more than that. You were made to experience and know and live the real thing. You're you're made to be pulled and you watch, you step into it and you start to walk in it and you will not go, ah, let's go back to the popping balloons on my butt and awful. This is awful way to live. Jesus called it lukewarm and said he's actually going to spit it out of his mouth one day. I'm telling you, this is what lasts forever. And this is living now. And I want to invite you to be a person that says, I am going to not live for me. I'm going to get on my face before God. Let him work that supernatural miracle inside of me. And when they had prayed when they cried out to God, how do I get there? How do I be bold, David? I can't. I'm not talking about your personality. I'm not talking about enthusiasm. Watch me be bold. No, I'm talking about you on your face before God. God at work inside of you. You, you seeking him. You knowing him. You walking with him. And all of a sudden, he's doing surgery on your affections. And you become a different person. You care about other things. And the things that you used to mock, you'll start to become. Yeah, some of you, you're mocking me right now. Ha! You're like, that guy's crazy. You know what'll happen? You get on your face before God, 
and cry out to God in prayer, and you care, you're, you're, you're school coming to know Jesus is way more exciting to you than any sport. I know, I know, I've been saying it for 20 years. I used to have parents get so mad at me when I was like 25 and saying that. And they would be like, you don't know, you don't have kids. You don't know, football's important. Well, now I'm old. Back then I used to just be like, yeah, sorry, I'm young and naive. Now I think I'm old and right. When I was 25, I had kids, I'd say, I'd say you know what, what lasts forever? Is that, is that football team, like, you spend all your time on football, is that going to last forever? Say, well, maybe if I can be a light. Are you being a light? Well, no, but I, if I use that as my excuse, then I get to still play football. I said, why don't you quit the football team and start prayer meetings? Parents would be like, I hate that youth pastor. And I'd look back at myself, it's because it's an idol in your heart. And they'd be like, I hate you even more. I'd say, you know what, it's an idol in our country. Let me tell you this, eternity is long, eternity is real, and you got one shot, and I'm begging of you, live for what lasts for eternity. Don't live for the comforts and the short privileges of time. I'm telling you, live for what matters forever and ever. You got one shot at your school, junior high, high school, college, you got one shot, and you could be, <laughs> you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised the way that God wants to use you if you'll just pray, get on your face, start to see some miracles, and step out and be bold. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.